What's going on, folks? Welcome to yet another episode of Two and a Half Gringos, aka Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. Uh, we're down a gringo today, Nola Jeffy, aka Louisiana Ted, uh, the boss man, aka Annabelle, uh, has him building some shelves, and uh, he needs to, you know, worry about all that stuff. So we miss you, buddy, and we'll ha- we'll see you the next episode. But um, let me introduce the man. The legend, the myth, Big Bear, Anthony Murphy. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's going on? What's going on, man? Another another fun day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the obvious news that we need to to hit on is Kutch, Andrew McCutcheon. He's back. He's he's a Pittsburgh Pirate. And from all uh looks and angles, he's gonna retire a pirate, which you know, it, it's a feel-good moment, come full circle. You know, it, it sucked to see him leave, but you get Brian Reynolds, which is another topic that we've talked about, but we potentially will see Not them too much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll potentially see them in the same outfield, which is kind of cool to see. Um, mm-hmm. But what were your initial reactions, Murph, when the Pirates actually signed Kutch other than, holy shit, he's coming back? Well, I can, I, I will say as the, the, the fan part of me was obviously incredibly excited i i me personally i have bought one pirates jersey in my entire life like i had a brian giles jersey that was gifted to me i know i've i've shown i showed i showed you that uh jack wilson jersey that i have as well mm-hmm. um the only jersey that i have paid for with my own money was an andrew mccutcheon jersey so like the fan in me this is a very exciting thing to get to get someone of that level you know my our RIH kind of thing. It's, you know, we haven't seen much of a winner kind of thing. And yeah. he was the face of the team of the, the, the really the only kind of stretch of winning we've ever seen. So yeah, yeah, that it was good. It was very exciting. And it finally kind of felt like it just came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it really did. And, like, you know, <laughs> you, you two, you, you, Co- Cody's on his own time. So yeah, <laughs> Murph came up with the, uh, the phraseology of, you know, CP time it, instead of colored people time, it's Cody Patanko time. <laughs> um, I was a little late <laughs> to the news. I, I woke up around 1130, 1145. And that news have been cycled throughout the news cycle for hours at that point. And, you know, I woke up and I, and, you know, speaking from a fan, you know, I graduated in 2013 high school and, you know, that was the first winner I ever saw at PNC park. And it was one of the most exciting moments. It's a moment I'll always remember um, the blackout game, you know, Cueto dropped the ball, but, you know, looking at it from, I guess, a reporter standpoint, quote unquote, it, it, it it's also a good thing. You know, you bring Kutch in, he's a veteran yeah. presence and, you know, we're going to get into some numbers here with Kutch, um, specifically some more advanced numbers. Um, and one of them I wanted to look at was, I think it was Alex Stumpf who brought this up on Twitter where Kutch's pool numbers are extremely heavy and they've always been throughout his career, but let me pull up these numbers here for you. So I'm accurate as I can be. Last year with Milwaukee, he pulled the ball about 43.8% of the time. Year before that in 21 with Philly, it was 50.4, 46.5 the year previous. So Kutch is a heavy pool hitter. Now, with the shift being banned in baseball in the 23 season, 
maybe that amplifies Kutch's numbers just a little bit, um, which would bring us into the weighted runs created plus. You know, Nola brought this up in our group chat where Kutch's worst year was last year, and it was still a 98, which is two below the average. So if you're averaging well over 100 runs created plus every year since you've been in the majors, that's an accomplishment in itself. Mm-hmm. So with the ban of the shifts, Kutch's pool number percentages, and the weighted runs created plus potentially getting a bump, maybe Kutch can be, I don't want to say the team MVP or anything like that, but someone who's very serviceable, someone with a 105 or a 110 weighted runs created plus. And that's huge. That's huge on a team with relatively young kids. I don't know how you feel about it, Murph, but you know, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. I mean, so obviously I, I talked about like how I felt like it from the fan perspective, like, taking a step back and looking at it, you know, neutrally and whatnot, this is still a, a fantastic signing for, for a team like the the Pirates. You know, I wrote about that um, Saturday morning on uh, P2 about how, like, you know, the first thing obviously you're going to go to kind of shift to is, you know, the memories, the nostalgia and stuff like that. And this is a lot more than just that. I mean, everyone thinks, thinks of him as some, maybe someone that you could kind of platoon, but like his platoon splits weren't, I mean, like the OPS wasn't great, but like when whenever you factor like his OPS plus and the weighted runs created on each side of the plate, he wasn't that far below league average last year hitting writings. Um, and like another thing too, they talked a little bit about his defense. Baseball reference had, had him at a plus four, you know, run saved last year. And like, if you go back and like analytics was never really that kind to him when no. he was in the outfield, he was, I think it was 2016. He on baseball uh, reference, he had a minus 26 defensive run save. He was never known for his glove though. Yeah. So last year he, he played better defensively technically than, than like maybe he did in his prime. And I mean, the speed is still there based off his sprint speed. You maybe he that. isn't that someone that you, you were going to want to play every day in left field. He's someone that you're probably going to want to D he DH more than he played in the field last year with yeah. Milwaukee. Um, but he may be a more service serviceable outfielder than maybe some, a lot of us are given credit for. Um, so I guess we'll have to see with that, but I, I even if you, if, if this was a guy, you just like say player, a player B, and you told me that we signed this player A, I, I, I would think it was, it'd be a win for the Pirates. Yeah, yeah, you know, one year, five million, it's not that big. Of, yeah, you can't beat that. No, and, you know, we kind of talked about this yesterday in our group chat with uh, kind of the problems the Pirates have now with signing McCutcheon. Not that it's a bad thing, but now you got to figure out where you're putting these guys. Because Kutch last year, primarily DH, you kind of got G-Man Choi and Carlos Santana to fill that role. Now you have three DHs on your roster and you got to figure out where you're going to put these dudes. And, you know, maybe I thought Connor Joe would, you know, service in the outfield, you know, kind of platoon with Sawinski, but you could also throw Connor Joe at first base. Uh But where are you going to put Carlos Santana? Where are you going to put, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with this. And I guess the, the DFA candidate 
uh, is going to help things. Maybe we see an outfield guy get DFA'd. I don't know. I don't know, but there is yeah. a little bit of a problem here with it. And you brought up Murph. Kutch kind of fell into their lap. I don't think they expected to sign Kutch. And I kind of wanted you to. I, I don't think this was ever the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. Obviously, like, I, I know, I know Jason Mackey kind of, he, he had the article, but I, I haven't had a chance to actually read it. But I, I did see someone kind of like paraphrase it, summarize it on, on Twitter on it. It does look like this was kind of something that was pushed on kind of thing. So, like, I, I think they had had a plan going to the offseason. You know, Santana probably be there every day, you know, DH. You know, they have Troy there at first. Um, when they brought Connor jo- uh, Joe in, you know, he's flexible. He could play first as well. So you could kind of see everything kind of there. And and then now all of a sudden the coaching comes around and like, you know, okay, well, we're going to have these guys platoon here, here, and here. That doesn't really fit with anyone with McCutcheon at all because he kind of like the same role as most of these guys that you've brought in, you know, yeah. even starting back with Miguel Andular at, at the end of the season. You the forgotten him, crop, you the forgotten guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's the only guy that has actually seen the field and, and kind of showed anything within the last year on the Pirates, for the Pirates. And he yeah. was just completely in at, on the back burner at this point. So you brought him in. You brought, I think, Valade, uh, Ryan Vallad came in, and then Connor Joe. That's a lot of, like, you know, they're addressing the issue here, and then all of a sudden, McCutcheon gets signed. So this obviously wasn't part of the the offseason planning, like the checklist or anything like that. It's It's a good sign. It's a good sign, regardless of how it came across, regardless if this issue was kind of pushed onto Charrington. This is the kind of stuff you want to see. Yeah. out of a team that's trying to take that next step. Okay, well, we had this plan. We didn't think this guy was available. Oh, but now he is. A couple years ago, it's probably, oh, well, you know, that's, well, that sucks that that happened. You know, we already kind of fulfilled our plan. No, let's, yeah. let's go out and get him, pick him up. Now you have a established major league player who not only helps the major league team, but also now, like, I know we've all talked about it on here and Twitter and whatnot, the idea of forcing your prospects, for, forcing the prospects to actually perform their way onto the major league roster. Yeah. No more Josh Van Meter kind of holding up, you know, a second base or whatever like that. And, okay, well, you know, this guy, good, we can get rid of it now. No, you have a guy who 10 plus – how many years McCutcheon has been made? I think it was like 13, 14 years in the majors. Oh, and nine. He's been, above, he's been an above average hitter every single one of these years. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now it's not as clear cut. And now anyone who gets called up, it's, you know, that that call up was warranted and it wasn't a, we're going to manipulate service time. We're just going to buy time. That kind of, no. This guy's up here because he earned a spot. And I think that's better for the prospects coming up because you're forced to master your craft mm-hmm. completely to earn yourself a spot on the roster. Yeah, You can't just, well, I got called up anyways doing this. I could just focus on this. And then you're missing that part of your game that major league pitching is going to expose at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the Pirates roster and and their potential opening day lineup. And I know I've seen much worse opening day lineups from the Pirates of recent uh, teams. 
I'm not saying this is a playoff team. This is a potential 75-80 win team. This is this roster now all of a sudden looks like what you would want a roster to look like in year four of of, of a new GM who kind of tore things down. Yeah. This this is more in line with, with what you would want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Is it gonna work? Maybe, maybe not. But they're trying. But but there's been effort to push this thing forward as opposed to just kind of now, obviously the topic that we don't want to bring that I'm sick of bringing up <laughs> that can obviously kind of derail all of this. Yes. But we can only talk about that when that happens. I very much stress that, that we can only <laughs> control what has happened. So right now with the way it stands, this is a very big step forward for the team, for yeah. the organization as a whole. Yeah. And if Jack Sawinski can step up on the road, because that was one of the worst home road splits I've ever seen in the history of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. You got a decent outfield, too. His him playing on the road is like how I've been saying, like the first base position in general. It's almost impossible for him not to improve. That. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like it was like, what is it? his OPS was like 395 on the road, like a 15 yeah. rated runs created plus or something. Yeah, you had there has to be a conscious effort not to improve it. Yeah, yeah, it, so. it, it was weird. Um, you know, one last thing before we get into the next subject, Murph, is this a pure PR move by the Pirates signing McCutcheon? I mean, I would say, I would probably say no until hearing about the whole situation about possibly, you know, the move being forced into it, like this being forced into existence. You can make a case that probably, yeah, you can tell by Twitter that the hype, there's a lot of hype now and excitement over it. So yeah, sure. I think any signing, any established major league player to, to catches, you know, popularity would create this kind of buzz yeah it would create signing any kind of major established major league player like this would would generate a buzz it obviously helps because he has a history with the team and the city and stuff like that yeah but i i do believe that because they're so starved for a winner that we would see some sort of buzz regardless of who it was yeah that's well put that's well put um you know, the next subject I wanted to get into kind of dealt with MLB Pipeline's article on the top farm system rankings. Um, and if you read the article by Jonathan Mayo on MLB Pipeline, it was all the MLB executives kind of voting on each category of the farm system, like best developing hitters, best international signings, best farm system in general. And the only place the Pirates got received votes in was team that hoards the most prospects. And Murph, I don't know how you feel about it, man, but I know that, you know, just ranking in hoards the most prospects, it seems like the basic answer to say when it comes to uh, the small market teams. And you've mentioned that off the air before we started recording. And, you know, I kind of wanted you to elaborate on that a little bit and kind of give your thoughts on, that being the only place the Pirates placed uh, any votes in? Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of lazy because that's like, you think about like the, the the generic thinking of the Pirates is they they hoard all these prospects 
until they bring him up and then they trade him to the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the cliche, that's the stereotype. Is He'll make true? a good Yankee I mean, one day. Yeah. Is it true? Yeah, I mean I mean Derek Cole and Jameson Tyone were just on the Yankees, so and Clay So like yeah, there, maybe yeah. there is some merit to it. But <laughs> it, I just felt like it was a it, it was a lazy thing for them to finish in. I mean, it was just two years ago, two years ago, I guess technically now 2023, that like everyone was hyping up so much about what they did in that 2021 draft about how, you know, being able to get Solo Meadow and, and Bubba Chandler and Lonnie White and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Henry Davis, while he wasn't one of the top guys, he was still a legitimate top of the draft kind of player. Yeah. So like, I, you know, for the way that they drafted and all that stuff for them to kind of already be in like, well, you know, that all they do is just hoard prospects and trade. I, I just feel is the, is the farm system as good as it was maybe a year ago? No, but you had a guy who was like a top 10 prospect in all of baseball graduate. Yeah. That's that's. And then another one of the top pitching prospects in, in baseball as well. You have two of the top prospects in baseball graduate. Yeah. You're, you're going to take a hit on in, in your, rankings i mean yeah but yeah i i thought it was lazy for that to be the only thing there yeah and, and you know kind of kind of looking at <clears throat> i screenshotted some of some of the article here and you know one of them the top farm system in all of baseball orioles receiving 50 percent of the votes they were the top team i can see that that's that's a legitimate case you know second being the dodgers at 21 percent. Two, two of the top 10 prospects yeah yeah, so the top ten prospects, probably the front runner for rookie of the year, I would imagine. Gunner is probably the front runner. Yeah, I'm not too sure who else in AL, but yeah, that I don't sense. have a problem with that at all. Um, no. I don't have a problem here either with which team drafts the best. Dodgers at number one at 37 percent. Orioles second place at 20 percent. Cardinals receive votes third place, 14 percent, drafting the best. Which okay, fair. I can. Yeah, I, I yeah I could I could get behind that. Fair, um, and this is kind of where I took some offense to the article, and it's which team plays the international market better than any other? Uh, Astros and Dodgers tied at twenty one percent. Yankees eighteen percent. Guardians, Nationals, Padres, Reds also received votes at six percent. Pirates, I feel have kind of inserted themselves into the international market much more recently, especially with Charrington anyways. Um, We've seen a huge push in Asia. Uh, The Pirates have signed Mm -hmm. quite a few Asian prospects uh, through the international market. And I think their Dominican system is one of the top tiers in baseball. I mean, John Draker of uh, P2, your buddy, um, wrote an article specifically talking about the way they develop pitching now. Um, the pitching coaches. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of offended by that, how the pirates didn't receive any votes in that category. I mean, come on, man. I know it's the pirates and I know MLB pipeline is kind of uh, your basic white girl (laughs) uh, internet site when it comes to basic prospects, but come on. Pumpkin latte. Yeah. With (laughs) with the pumpkin pumpkin spice. (laughs) Yeah. I get it, man. Um, But come on. The only, the only thing I mean, so I guess my my, I guess it would depend on the criteria with that. Or if they're talking, 
with the way they have Astros at the top, I wonder if it means like they want to see more success at the major league level, which if they, which wouldn't make sense if this is supposed to be evaluating the farm systems that, that, you know, if they're evaluating the farm systems, then yeah, I think the pirates would have more of a, you know, claim at some, some of the votes and stuff like that. But if they're talking about like who's translated that to major league success, which kind of feels that's what they're thinking with Astro, the Astros being up there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've, they've done good. I mean, Luis Ortiz came from all the way from their Dominican all the way up. Um, Fast riser. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He blew through. There. I mean, they, they've had guys there. Like you said, they've made some push in, into Asia and stuff like that. Looks like they're going to get, you know, another big signing here when, when the international market opens up. Yeah. yeah. So – Oh, Yu Chen, uh, Sung Chen Chang. They've done good. They've done good internationally. Yeah. I, that's that. So. And I'm not saying they deserve to be at the top, but come on, man. <laughs> you named like seven or eight other teams with the 6% receiving votes. You can't put the Pirates in there at all. It just seems a little like, yeah. like you said, lazy as the Pirates are. They don't deserve it. Um, but that kind of leads us into another conversation evaluating our farm system. And I know you touched on it a little bit discussing that it's not as strong as it was when O'Neill Cruz and Rowe were at the top of the list and, you know, at the top of every uh, top prospect list, you know, baseball, America, baseball, uh, America, sorry. And um, MLB pipeline and the others, the works. Um, But I don't think it's the worst system. I don't think it's middle of the road. I think it's pretty close to being good, not great, but good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's still there's still a lot. Of, I think it's kind of the system's starting to feel like it's kind of transitioned to more of a like higher upside and and the college maybe, guys, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So like they they've gotten college heavy early in the draft, take you know. So they got the the guys that should move a little bit quicker, but like the bigger name guy or the guys who you feel like has the most potential or maybe the highest ceiling are a little bit lower in the levels now and and there's still maybe there's kind of debate they're trying to because they're so young and they're trying to get settled in they're still trying to figure out what their floor is they have great you know like Bubba Chandler could be an all-star level pitcher but also he has so much to work on that like you kind of don't know what he can what the floor is yet he could not make it past a ball if, if some of this stuff doesn't work out still yeah. So I, I feel like the Pirates have a lot of players like that that kind of have to establish that there is a floor at the major league level first. And if they can do that, you're talking about it as enough people that probably they can jump back up towards the top of the rankings then at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, personally, I'd love to see Bubba just stick pitching, just stick to that. I don't want to see him with a bat. Just, yeah. just pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. I, I mean, that's, that's a whole other thing, but I think high A could be very much that kind of determining thing for him because yeah. I would probably say pitching wise, he, you can make a very good case for him to start in Greensboro, but I, I don't think you can make that same kind of case with, with him hitting yet. So, I mean, at one point, at one point, do you just give up on it once it's fallen behind and all that stuff? i I'm cool with still throwing them in, giving them some at bats still right now, just to appease. But, like I, 
yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold back someone else's development. Yeah, by taking up that DH spot, you know, multiple times a week when I can be using that on someone else. If if there's a now like Greensboro and stuff like the rosters are still kind of up in the air and all that stuff, so there may not be someone that that could take the at bats for them, or they could probably they might be able to set it up to where that isn't an issue, kind of thing, but. I guess we'll yeah. have to see how that goes with it. And with the Greensboro roster, I'm kind of it kind of segues into this. Um, we may be seeing a lot of familiar faces in terms of bats and fielders in Greensboro than we that we saw last year. There wasn't a whole lot of guys making a case to jump up the double A, was there? No, no. I was it. I, I talking about it the other day I, on Twitter. It. I mean. Dario Lopez, you probably imagine, goes up. Um, Gutierrez moves up. Some fillers, um, right? J- Jacob, yeah, Jacob Gonzalez goes up. Was it um, Eli Wilson probably goes up with Gutierrez? Yeah. Not, I mean, not too much down there. I mean, Hudson Head, they they sent him to Greensboro anyways, and you could you might have been able to make make the case when he was in Bradenton to at least start him back there. Again, so yeah, Hudson Head maybe, maybe Jace Bowen so. pops up. I don't know. Maybe what is it? He I think he played like the last month month about in in Greensboro. Yeah, so, okay. It's, he's I know he struggled really bad when he when he first got there, but he kind of <clears throat> he was starting to solve things at the end. Of it. I, I would imagine he probably starts there, but like I he he might be one of the guys that that I give a quick push up to Altoona. Just Especially to try to catch with up the a way little bit. He's performing in Australia. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's been playing really, really good in Australia. Yeah. For for in Australia too. I was reading John John's article about it, and he was saying that um some pretty good competition for him down there to to be hitting against mm-hmm. on there. Some guys with major league experience and stuff like that. So by the way, did you see um this is going a little off topic. Did you see the video of Sung Chi Chang's defensive play against Pablo Sandoval that I posted on Twitter? I did not, but that will be the first thing I do after this. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's Pablo Sandoval, I said, and I know he's slow and he's older now, but the the range he showed at shortstop it was pretty impressive. It was pretty impressive. The throw wasn't all that great, but it was a nice pick by the first baseman. It just showed good range. I mean. I mean, Yark, Yark did ask about about defensive shortstops and everything like that. And, you know, yeah. that was kind of the, that's why I kind of brought it know, up a little bit because I know he's listening. So. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, and with the Greensboro roster potentially staying the same, except for a few outliers, like you mentioned, this kind of you know segues into. Are we going to see the younger guys held back a year strictly because the Pirates have drafted so many college bats and college arms as of late? Because it seems like they're pushing those guys to try to make it to AAA, try to make it to AA, and potentially, I don't want to say majors because that's a, that's a bit of a jump, but you, you see where I'm heading on this track, right? Yeah, I, I think they kind of set – with, especially with this past draft, they kind of set things up to where they don't have to push someone if they don't want to. They can fill they can fill it with somebody else in the meantime. But on the same hand, like none of those guys are really going to keep the guy there if they 
if they deem him ready. So like, I mean, was was like they drafted a Tres Gonzalez and and Tanner Treadway and both outfielders, and you would think you know college bats like that probably head to Greenboro or something like that. If they felt like Nolasco and and some of the other kids in in Bradenton last year already, they're they're gonna put them they're going to put him in Greensboro and, and we'll just have to deal with like Gonzalez and them in Bradenton for right. You know, a couple of years ago, Bradenton was like the youngest team in the league. I mean, this year, depending on how they feel about some of the young guys, it could probably end up being one of the older teams in, in the league. Yeah. And you know, some of the two way players, the Pirates drafted, we may see the college kids stay in Bradenton too, just to see them pitch, to get them experience pitching. I think Brannigan was one of them brain again um I, I think there's a good chance to based off the way they drafted and just how many options there are Bradenton's rotation may be very like college heavy to 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 start on there just because I don't know how many names are guaranteed to kind of make that jump from the FCL to full season ball and if and if they at the very least want to monitor their innings early on to see how they kind of handle things we can see a very college heavy pitching staff and Bradenton to start yeah yeah and, and and he's not a pitcher obviously but we could probably we're probably going to see Shaylin Polanco start in Bradenton just I, I would I would imagine yeah their history their history of how they've moved guys him being like 19 you know 19-ish and stuff I, I would assume he would at least get to start to start the year in Bradenton yeah and then if if he struggles or anything like that when the FC, FCL season starts they can kind of send them back shift them back there to kind of work yeah yeah and the facility is right there so it's not like you're moving them that far yeah yeah and then like it's not always like they do that they do that stuff they we saw that we saw that with the sammy siani last year it's not always about playing games down there they could send them down there to kind of just reset the brain and stuff like i don't think siani played any games while he was um while they had him you know quote unquote assigned in the fcl Nola's brought up kind of working on things. Nola's brought that up. The Pirates like to do a lot of backfield work. With yeah, that was a big thing that they were pushing there too. That's why they consolidated down to just one FCL team last year. Yeah, because they they wanted to start focusing on you know the basics and stuff like that. So because like Greensboro is really the time that they let them loose and like you know hey you're on your own it's up to you to kind of get a routine and all that kind of stuff. So Bradington they really kind of. I think how Tim Tim put it, like when he was talking to to people in the organization, it's like they treat Bradenton almost like college, like a college atmosphere with that kind of stuff. And then when they get to Greensboro, you're on your own. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of had they were kind of forced to do that with them, you know, shrinking the minor league teams down to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, it's not a minuscule amount, but, you know, getting rid of um, the New York Penn League and, you know, the other little yeah. leagues before you know, so kind of forced their hand to do it. And I kind of like it, to be honest with you. It's a good development system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it works, then, then like, I mean, it works. I mean, Siani, when he came back to Greensboro, I don't think he hit great, but like he wasn't struggling like he was before. And it looks from, from everything that I saw, it looked like he was playing pretty good in, in winter league this year too. So yeah. I mean, he would, he's probably going to be the guy who really puts to the test, like how effective that kind of thing is, because I think he was like their biggest, biggest focus there. 
Because, like I said, I don't think he played any games in the FCL while he was down there. Yeah, he might have played one, but that's about it. Yeah, but like a conditioning thing before they sent him back to yeah to um, Greensboro. You know, a couple more things for before we end this, Murph. Um, one, who's the DFA victim for Kutch? Off the top of your head, is it <laughs> off the top of your head? It's an. It's. I'll definitely say at this point, it has to be. I would be surprised if it's anything other than an outfielder. So was it Velade? Him, he he'd be he'd probably be the obvious one just because like he survived every. I, I'll say this: if he survives this, you have to think that Charrington has some sort of big plans for him. Mm-hmm. Like he knows his exact role that he's going to play on this team on this team the upcoming season yeah that's the only reason why he would survive this long with so many what are they at they're at like 10 natural outfielders now 11 or 12 if you factor in some of the guys that are listed as infielders that play the outfield let me look at at their 40 man just to confirm because i want the exact number here it's probably close to 10 let's see and duhar Connor Joe, Marcano is listed, uh, CSN, Sawinski, Velade, Reynolds, Swaggerty, Mitchell, McCutcheon makes 10. He's not technically yeah, on the one of the, yet, but, you know. One of, that, one of those, had, I would imagine, Joe, yeah, that, that, that article from Fangraphs that, that Nola had posted on there talking about players with, like, not great exit velocity in their rookie season and then their inability to stick in the majors. I like, I would kind of lean towards Marcano just because he kind of fits that mold. Yeah. But also we know how much that Carrington wanted him. So I would imagine that he would, he's at least going to get spring training to try to make a case as why he should stick. The only reason I see Velade sticking is just because he's a right-handed bat. That's the only reason. I, I I feel like in theory that's exactly why he's lasted this long. But then again, also too, like we've said, how like this McCutcheon thing, I, it's pretty obvious that it wasn't part of the offseason plan. Yeah. So now you kind of you're kind of have to re- rewrite your offseason plan a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if he was part of it, he might not be it now. And if Marcano I mean, is the victim, and I know we talked about it on the last pod, that would kind of make me respect Charrington a little more because we know how much he coveted Marcano. Um, you know, when they made the trade with Joe Musgrove, he wanted Marcano in the deal originally. Yeah. So yep. it, it would make me respect him a little more because I know that was his guy. He wanted hit that guy because he thought he could fix him, quote unquote. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, last thing, Murph, before we go, you have any words of advice for the kids out there, or do you have a rant in mind <laughs> to end the podcast? Um, as always, as always, stay in school. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. I think that maybe might be the biggest one. Yeah. If I if I tell if if I go on Twitter or anywhere else and I say to do something, I probably didn't didn't exactly live that way but I'm speaking to it from experience. So do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> That's a good one. Sounded like my dad <laughs> over here. I dig it. Um, but yeah, guys, that's going to do it for this podcast. We genuinely hope you enjoyed the show. Um, some good McCutcheon talk, some good farm talk as always. 
Um, we missed we missed Nola greatly with uh, his juju noises in the background, you know. But he's busy at work being uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor building <laughs> the shelves. I hope he doesn't end up in the <laughs> ER with some uh, nail <laughs> incidents or anything like that. But we miss you, buddy. I know you're listening. Um, but as always, guys, we're gonna leave you with the uh, socials and subscribe and all that stuff. So I'll start out with mine. Um, I would appreciate a follow on Twitter at 2HG013 or 013. I don't want to get anyone confused. 2HG013. Um, I'd appreciate a follow there and definitely subscribe to Pittsburgh Baseball Now Plus. You get all great content from Pittsburgh Baseball Now, Pittsburgh Hockey Now, and Pittsburgh Steeler Now uh, for one price. It's a pretty good deal if you ask me. You got a lot of good writers at those three sites, including me. I'm going to do a little bit of a humble brag, including me. Um, but Murph, go ahead, Big Bear. Give out your socials and any other projects you want to talk about. Um, as always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I've been throwing a bunch of videos up lately. I'm close to passing Nola on subscriptions to, to <laughs> where he has Twitter followers. So if we could get to 200 subscribers... Maybe we'll find something special to do. If I can beat Nola to 200, I will find something special to do for, for, for everyone here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, but he's only a couple away, so, so we really need to dig in here. Um, so, so what you're saying is we shouldn't get yeah, other than that, uh, always Twitter. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> I might go unfollow him for the next week. <laughs> make him work a little bit harder for it. Um, and I was, as always, follow my work on Pirates Prospects, piratesprospects.com. Um, working on some, you know, basic, you know, my usual breakdowns and stuff like that. Got some fun P2 daily stuff getting ready to come out. Looking at some stat cast numbers for me staying up to like four or five o'clock in the morning, you know, looking at numbers yeah. since I don't, I don't have a life or I don't sleep. So, and according but to yeah. that, uh, one stan on twitter we're, we're nobodies no one knows us Murph. so i guess your four or five o'clock in the morning no. means nothing at all man your dedication hard it doesn't it doesn't shit. it means zero <laughs> but no guys yeah, we, we, much. Um, <laughs> we, we appreciate you listening subscribe to the podcast like always wherever you get your podcasts and um as always murph nola's not here so let's go bucks Let's go back. He was really late with that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>